You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, hosted by Dr. Heidi. Dr. Heidi has been exactly where you are right now. She's walked through the fire of toxic relationships and has now dedicated her life to help others do the same. Living in a toxic environment can cause the damaging behaviors of others to become normal, leaving you feeling hopeless and desperate. Learning how to recognize the toxic traits and understand why they occur is the key to taking your power back. Now is the time for you to gain your self-worth because you're worth it. Discover who you really are because you're awesome. And realize it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic, Rid Your Life of Toxic People. I am Dr. Heidi, your host and your toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. So we've made it into the new year. And I will tell you, I did my goals between Christmas and New Year's, and I had all of these fantastic things that I was going to start. And I, I picked the word consistent for my word for the year of 2022. And let me tell you how the first week and a half has gone. Not really that well. And I was all fired up about it. And what happened to me was my own doing, by the way. Um, when I used to work in my wellness center, I wore wedges a lot. So I was used to wearing heels. Okay. And I think I had calluses built up on the bottom of my feet, but of course, as you know, a year and a half ago, I retired and I've been working from home. So I've pretty much been in running shoes or my house slippers or something that wasn't heels for the last year and a half. Well, on new year's Eve, guess who decided to wear heels for almost 12 hours? The next morning, I could not even stand on my feet. I have blisters so bad on the balls of my feet from wearing heels. I have not been able to follow through on hardly any of the stuff that I wanted to get done in the first week of the new year. I have not been able to go to the gym. I hardly could walk for about three days. My husband was waiting on me hand and foot. And of course, he was the one that said, are you sure you're not going to get blisters if you decide to wear those heels? And I was like, oh, no, it'll be fine. Yeah, well, I have learned my lesson in the heel thing. I will carry my slippers with me from now on when we go out. So the beginning of my 2022 was not exactly as I had planned it. But lesson learned. I did take the time to get some other stuff done. So here we are. Um, about day 10, and I am now ready to start the new year. Um, I hope everyone's holidays were great. I am actually going to cover a topic today that I believe that many listeners have been waiting to hear. I will be the first to say, I don't believe I am an expert in this field at all. However, I do believe I'm an expert in toxic relationships and how toxic people operate. So I have had several questions. I talk about sex more than I would ever have imagined because sex plays a huge part in relationships. 
And today I want to talk about the different dynamics of sex within toxic relationships. Now, everybody that's listening has a different scenario in this particular part of their relationship. And I am willing to talk through whatever it is that people need to talk through because I will not cover every scenario in this podcast. Uh, remember, there is a there is a $25 off coupon for podcast listeners for an initial session with me. And I know putting the topic of sex out there is probably going to get a lot of people thinking, maybe thinking a little bit differently about the way you thought it before. So if you want to talk through something in this, make sure you use the code 25 capital O capital F capital F 25 O F F for $25 off. And I will talk through anything that you need um, to talk about with this. I again, don't believe that I know everything in this particular area. However, I am almost 50. I've been married twice. I've had two kids. So I at least know a little bit about it. And when I take the toxic relationship and <clears throat> excuse me, dump the toxic relationship aspect into it. The things that you are struggling with will make sense if you take the time to understand it. Um, sex is a part of the relationship. And sometimes we tend to separate it in our minds because we feel different in the bedroom as we do outside of the bedroom. So I actually reached out to some people and asked them to give me the scenarios about sex in their toxic relationships. So the first thing I'm going to do is I am just going to read um, what these people sent in for me. And some of you may be able to relate exactly to this. And again, some of you stories are going to be different. So I am excited to hear from some of you on this particular area of the relationship. One of the listeners says, the early stages of our relationship, I was pressured into sex. Of course, it was my first time. My personal beliefs and convictions were to wait until marriage. I was 18 at the time, but I was belittled. My ideology was put down and there were subtle threats that he would leave, become uninterested, give me the silent treatment if I would not eventually sleep with him. I would get the silent treatment for days with huge blowups, threats to leave me, breaking up with me, etc. So eventually I gave in. We slept together a few times and shortly after that, guess what? More silent treatment. Zero affection, blame, accusations towards me, and then he broke up with me. After spending close to a year apart, he attempted to get me back. With his attempts, I eventually left a healthy dating relationship that I was in, and I went back. And I have to tell you, the sex was amazing. And it was extremely frequent. And he made me feel for a while like I was the only person he would ever want. It was a huge reason why I let all the other treatments and behaviors slide. They didn't make sense to me because the sex was so amazing and I felt so close to him. This amazing sex was a blinder for the horrible emotionally, emotional and mental abuse that I was going through outside of the sex aspect. Shortly after that, we got married. On our wedding night, he was cold and wouldn't even hug me. A week later, the treatment became abundantly worse. I am a very affectionate type of personality. 
and he would be extremely cold in every way. He would go for weeks at a time belittling my appearance and my worth and any, any attempts I made to be intimate with him, I was made to feel stupid and needy and I was always pushed away. Things worsened. He would see me pull away from the effects of the abuse. And then what would happen? About the time I would hit my breaking point, he would use sex to manipulate me. He would be just affectionate enough to pull me back in and the cycle would repeat itself over and over. The next letter says, okay, Dr. Heidi, here it is. I was love bombed at 19 years old. Of course, I had no idea what that was. He was only my second boyfriend. My dad had abandoned the family at 16, and so I was wanting attention pretty badly. I noticed quite quickly that he could not leave my clothes on me anytime that we were together. Young and foolish, I thought he cared about me, so of course, I wasn't saying no. We were married at 20. He wanted a child. I wasn't ready, but three months later, I became pregnant. I also asked my mother why sex had to hurt. I didn't think that that's how it was supposed to be. And she replied that I should probably discuss it with him. Looking back, sex was always painful. It was always very rough and it was demanded any time of the day. I was not liking it at all, but I was not allowed to say no. I can say with all honesty that I hated having sex with him and I did not stay with him because it was so great like many others in toxic relationships say. I actually endured it. I wanted every episode over. After all, it was my wifely duty. The alcohol abuse played into it too. He would come home in the middle of the night and if I stayed perfectly still, he would leave me alone. But if I moved one inch, you know what would happen. One of my therapists later told me that this was a form of marital rape. I would never have known that, but I was, I was frightened of him enough that I didn't dare say no. I stayed with him because of my vows. They were sacred to me. I found my happiness in my children and I found my happiness in my work. After 45 years of marriage, in retrospect, I never enjoyed sex. It was a complete obligation to me. That's it. To him, sex was his way of being intimate with me. And he would tell me that all the time. I need to have sex with you to feel close to you. And because I didn't feel close to him any other time, I would give in to that, but it always felt very mechanical and boring. I never initiated it because I didn't like the feeling of it. And he would throw that in my face too. I just avoided him completely and I kept busy with my life and my work. And to this day, I have never experienced good sex ever, but I am okay with that. And this is from another one of my former clients. Physical touch is one of my love languages. My former knew that affection and physical touch was very important to me. It was the one thing that he knew he could use to punish me. If he was angry, wanted to prove a point, needed something, he would withhold sex from me. After we separated though, it was strange because I found myself back in his bed. He was giving me the attention that I craved and that, 
And guess what? I fell for it. I even thought for a brief second that we might get back together. Separated, he lived in my basement for five years. Did not sleep in my bed one time. But as soon as he realized that I meant what I said and that I was filing for divorce, I woke up to find him standing at the side of my bed. Now he was wanting to show me affection. His manipulation made sex a tool. He used it to get what he wanted when he needed it and to stay in control of me and my emotions. Now that I am in a healthy relationship, I can tell you without a doubt, sex should never be used as a tool. It should never be withheld as a punishment and healthy sex, emotional sex is the best I've ever experienced. So those are just some, some perspectives from people that I have worked with over the years. So why is the sex topic so difficult in a toxic relationship? The questions that I get from, from clients is, why does the sex have to be so good? Because that's what I miss. And why did the sex have to be so bad? It has completely destroyed my confidence. And why is the sex sometimes good and sometimes bad? It leaves me so confused. Ask yourself this, why do people have sex? Okay, I did some Googling on sex last night and I found out that sex is in the top 1% of words that is searched. People that are searching the word sex are searching it for all different reasons. I was looking for why people have sex. Turns out there's, there's basically three reasons. There is a physical aspect to having sex, pleasure, stress relief, exercise, curiosity, attraction to the other person. There is a global aspect to why people have sex. It would be to have a baby, to procreate, a social status, to become popular, maybe seek revenge. But there is also a emotional aspect to why people have sex. Love, commitment, gratitude, connection. And so I started thinking, it is just like a relationship. And sex is part of our relationships, yet sometimes we separate it as two different things. You heard me talk on podcasts previously that, you know, in the beginning of these relationships that you stepped into, everything seemed perfect. You had a lot in common. They loved everything about you. Your relationship goals were the same. But I also talked about how the relationship goals in the end really were not the same. You had relationship goals that were both physical and emotional. They had relationship goals which were self-seeking. The problem is they don't tell you that in the beginning of the relationship. They lead us to believe that their relationship goals are the same as ours. So we head down the relationship path thinking that we're working towards the same goal. Okay, and when you think about your personality as opposed to a toxic personality, many of the people who are targeted by toxic personalities are kind, caring, loving, giving, conflict avoiders. We're the peacekeepers. We're the ones that want to do for other people because that's what makes us happy. On the other hand, the toxic personality is out for security in themselves. They're out for the feeling of control, the feeling of power. They love attention. So 
they present themselves that their goals are the same as yours with emotions tied to it. But in the end, their goals are completely different. Their goals are completely self-centered for their feeling of self-security. So when we think about the, the act of sex, it's the same thing. Just as confusing as your relationship is, the sex aspect in the relationship can be just confusing, just as confusing. The reason is the goals behind the two people involved are not the same. So to the question of why does sex have to be so good? I hear that all the time. Yes, but I miss the sex. I miss the sex because it was so good. Okay, was it really so good? Because the beginning of the relationship seemed really well, really good too. Now, if you think about the toxic relationship, they're emotionally abusive. They use your emotions to get what they need. So outside of the bedroom, you don't have a lot of emotional connection. You get very little attention. Your needs are not met. There's a lot of criticism. You're walking on eggshells. There's comparisons. There's a lot of times fear. There's the feeling of having to ask for permission. Okay, that's not a lot of emotional connection. But as soon as you enter the bedroom in these certain types of relationships, you feel like there's emotion involved. Sex will take the form of intimacy. For a minute, you feel worthy. You're getting attention. You're feeling accepted. You're feeling like you're good enough. And, and in reality, the goal is still different. The toxic person is giving you crumbs to make you feel like your goal in the bedroom is the same. Many times sex is the only way we feel close to them because all of the sudden we feel that there's this big surge of emotion. But if you go back to what drives the toxic personality, it's control, power, attention, and admiration. Well, which ones of those don't get met during the act of sex? All of them do. And it feels good to you because at least for a minute, you're feeling close to them. So they're gonna put on the best show that they can to get you to play into it emotionally. That's what an emotional abuser does. They get, they do something or say something to get an emotional reaction from you. When they criticize you, they're seeking an emotional reaction so they know that they all they have to do is say something and they're in control of your emotions. In the bedroom, it's the same thing. They're going to do or say something to get you to emotionally respond. When they're in control of your emotions, they feel control, they feel power, and they feel secure. So to the other question, why does it have to be so bad? Withholding the emotional connection during the sex act still controls your emotions. It's not the happy emotions. It's not the being accepted emotions. It's not that you feel good enough. It's the other emotions. It's the sadness. It's the rejection. It's you being upset. They don't care if they're positive or negative emotions as long as they are getting emotional reactions out of you. So whether it's so good and they're getting your happy emotions or whether it's so bad and they're, do, they're getting the negative emotions, they're still getting the same thing out of the act of sex. 
the feeling of control, the feeling of power, the feeling of attention. So why would they withhold it? Well, the same reason they withhold emotional connection outside of the bedroom. We feel unaccepted, we feel rejected, we feel like we're not good enough. That gives them the feeling of power and control. So withholding sex is a power tool. It is used for manipulation so they get the feeling of self-security. Now, why would they force it or get mad when you don't wanna have it? Crossing your boundaries is one of the biggest tactics that a toxic person uses. Because when you set a boundary, that's you being in control of something. Okay, you don't get to be in control in these type of relationships, they do. So they're gonna talk you into it. They're gonna call you names. They're gonna convince you. They're gonna exhaust you until you have it because crossing your boundaries gives them the feeling of power, which again, makes them feel secure. They use the feeling of guilt by threatening you, by saying they're leaving, by saying they'll find somebody else. That's their attempt to cross your boundaries of saying no, so that they can feel secure in controlling you. Now, for those of you who had questions about sex after a toxic relationship, it's, it's the same thing as a relationship after a toxic relationship. You may find that you're comparing everyone to them. Okay, why do we compare everyone to them? Because for that split few moments, you felt connected to them. And because they were getting what they needed, and because they had their emotional mask on, you felt like that was the best sex you've ever had. In reality, you have to go back to the fact that their goals are different. The person at the beginning of the relationship that you saw, we stay in toxic relationships because we are continually waiting for that person to come back. In reality, that person was wearing a mask. That person was leading you to believe they were somebody that they weren't because if they revealed to you their reasons for being in the relationship, you wouldn't have stuck around. So when you think that the sex in your toxic relationship was so good, you have to remember they were wearing a mask to make you believe that they were someone they were not so they could get what they needed. Now there's other people that leave a toxic relationship and, and have a aha moment because maybe you met somebody that you actually had an emotional connection to. When there's a physical connection and an emotional connection, you will no longer believe that the sex from the toxic relationship was the best sex of your life. They were faking things in the beginning of the relationship. They lead people to believe that they're someone in order to get what they need. And the aspect of sex is exactly the same. Because what happens after you had such good toxic relationship sex? It goes right back to having zero emotion outside of the bedroom. If the goals in the relationship are different, the goals in the sex life are different. It's one and the same thing. They need the feeling of control, power. They need attention. And they use sex within a relationship to get those things, just like they use all of the other tactics. They use criticism to get what they need. They use instilling fear to get what they need. 
They use isolation to get what they need. They use belittling to get what they need. They cross your boundaries to get what they need. They use the act of sex to get what they need. So whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's up and down, it is not about you if you are in a toxic relationship. It is not about you and what you need to get out of this act of sex. It is 100% about what they need. But because it's sometimes the only time we feel close to them, it's easy for them to use it as a tool to manipulate you and suck you back in. Now, like I said, everybody's scenario and situation in this particular category is different. So if you're feeling confused or you're wanting to talk some things out or you're needing a further explanation on this topic, I am willing to speak with you and about anything that you need to know. I know that this, this is a touchy subject. It's an embarrassing subject. We don't talk about it a lot, but if you need a sounding board, definitely use the 25 off coupon. This is an area that can be very confusing for those, especially when we are emotional based people. The act of sex in a toxic relationship is used against you just like the relationship is. Now let's talk for a minute about sex with other people. Many people who are in toxic relationships find themselves in a situation where the spouse or the partner is cheating. Okay, think back again to the beginning of your relationship. The beginning of relationships are good. They're always good because you're learning about each other. It's a new adventure and things are great, right? In the beginning, you're feeding a lot of attention and admiration to that person. And through the, what we call the love bombing stage, what the toxic personality tends to do is try to learn your strengths and weaknesses, to try and learn what your securities and insecurities are, to feel out your boundaries, to find out all your secrets. Because as soon as that personality feels that they know enough about you to start controlling your emotions, they move you from the one who's giving them attention and admiration into the one that now they're feeling power and control over. And many of my clients will tell me they can pinpoint when that shift was. Maybe they never called you names and all of a sudden one day they started calling you names. Or a lot of people will say everything was really good until we moved in together or until we got engaged or until we got married. It's at those particular junctures in the relationship that you are being moved from the one who's supplying mostly attention and admiration to the one who is now supplying them with the feeling of control and power. So as soon as they have you moved into that power and control feed position, they need to find attention and admiration elsewhere. Now, I lived with somebody who never admitted it, but had some type of girlfriend. I don't know what exactly the level of the relationships were, but I was always devastated. What do they have that I don't have? What are they skinnier? What are they, do they have more money? You know, are they smarter? And I would go through this whole self-loathing because what do they have that I don't have? Looking back, there was a constant need for 
a supply of attention and admiration all the time. And since I was the one that was now, for lack of a better term, trapped in a business with kids in a marriage, I wasn't going anywhere. I was the one feeding him with the feeling of power and control and the attention and the admiration had to come from somewhere else. It did take a lot of my self-worth away. It took my self-confidence away. It made me feel like no one would ever love me because if he's keep if he keeps stepping out to find somebody that's better than me, nobody's ever going to love me. I may as well stay here because there's obviously something wrong with me. Now looking back, there was never anything wrong with me. It had nothing to do with what they had that I didn't have. It had 100% to do with the fact that there was a constant need for supply of attention and admiration. So he felt secure in himself. The other thing that I wanna talk about just a little bit on this is when they push you to do things that you don't want to do. Okay, this is a catch 22 for many, because as you know, if you set a boundary and you don't wanna do something, that is a marker that they need to take your boundary power away and they will step over your boundary. So they may convince you to do things that you don't want to do during the act of sex, or they may convince you that it's a good idea to move your relationship to the next level and bring other people into your sex life. Okay, this may be something that in the beginning you are dead set against, but because they threaten to leave or they threaten to find somebody else or they criticize you or make you feel like you're not good enough, many times you will step over those boundaries in order to try and keep them happy and in order to be accepted by them. The catch 22 comes in, now they have something to hold over your head. It may make them jealous. They may accuse you of cheating. They may accuse you of carrying on a relationship with these people outside of the bedroom. And again, all of that is a setup for control and power over top of you. They use the different things in, in the life experience to throw back in your face later. So just know, and I talked about this earlier in this podcast episode, they're in the bedroom for different reasons than you are. So anything that goes through the act of sex is for different reasons than you're in the act of sex for. You want emotional connection. They want security in themselves. Sex is a difficult subject. It's so big in our society right now that you feel like you have to be good at it. You feel like you have to be perfect at it. You feel like you have to do things that maybe you don't wanna to do to be accepted by this type of personality. Keep it simple. It's not as confusing as you think. It's no different than the relationship outside of the bedroom. The goals are completely different. So think for me a minute about your relationship and about your sex life within that relationship. What were your relationship goals when you originally stepped into the relationship? Because chances are, those are the same goals you are wanting in your sex life within that relationship. It is love. It is compassion. It is connection. It is partnership. It is support. Is that what you're getting? And if you're getting that, is it congruent through every area of your relationship 
or does it just show up when they need something from you? Thank you for listening and sharing this podcast with others. Looking for a community that understands? Join our Facebook support group, Strength Within. For more information on all the services Dr. Heidi provides, please visit www.coachingwithdrheidi.com. It's time for you to break free because it's not normal. It's toxic.